Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. <sighs> I've had a heck of a couple weeks and I want to share with you what I've been going through um, in hopes that it will illumine the path a little bit on this crazy journey of recovery from overweight, obesity, food addiction, uh, crazy thinking around food. Um, because my disease got reactivated again this last week, but really, truly, I think it's been in a state of semi-activation for about two and a half years. I think a lot of that has to do with the growth of the Brightline Eating Movement and um, me sort of holding on to the leash of this dog that's too big that keeps walking me at a very intense pace. Um, a lot of that has settled down and as I've shared in recent vlogs, I'm slowing down a lot, which is helpful. Um, just for backstory, um, I first got into food recovery when I was 21 years old in um, 1995. And um, really since then, I've been doing my best to apply some sort of bright lines to my food. Um, I don't really count the start of my journey um, in the bright line eating way um, as starting until 2003 because for those first eight years, um, I didn't really lock into um, a form of abstinence, a form of working um, a program that worked um, and I didn't take my weight off. My weight was still climbing from, two, from 1995 to 2003. I was trying to not eat sugar. I was trying to sometimes not eat flour of different kinds, white flour, brown flour, whatever. I was playing around with the edges, but I, my weight was still climbing. And in 2003, that's when I took off my excess weight and I've been in a right size body um, now for whatever, 14 years. Um, now, um, that journey has not been smooth and it hasn't been perfectly linear, but I have had stretches. I think the longest stretch was about six years of perfect unbroken bright lines, um, other stretches of a year or two. Um, and when I started bright line eating, I was on a stretch of a couple years of perfect bright lines and my bright lines stayed perfectly bright, squeaky clean um, up until I think July of 2015. And I was in a baby shower in July of 2015 and they had a, a tray of hors d'oeuvres and it was Brightline Foods, but I kept going back and I just lost control of my quantities. I kept going back, I kept going back. I didn't eyeball, I didn't get clear of putting the food on a plate and getting an eyeball sense of it. And I just kept eating and I left that baby shower and it, it dawned on, it, like it descended on me that I'd broken my quantities line, you know, just clearly it, it had been broken. Um, I'd kept eating way beyond what, <laughs> <laughs> what a reasonable portion of food was. And um, at that moment, there was this, oh no, feeling, because already Brightline Eating was exploding beyond anything that I felt capable of managing. And, um, but I didn't really have any choice but to sort of soldier on. And so I did. And I've been kind of soldiering on for the two and a half years-ish since then. Um, and I know I've been really candid here. Like I, I recorded a vlog once called The Morning After a Binge, you know, that was super vulnerable. Um, I've shared here and there that my bright lines aren't perfect and my bright lines have been pretty good. I mean, I'm keeping my weight and I'm 
you know, if you look at the overall trajectory and the overall picture of, of them, they've been pretty good. Um, but for someone like me, you know, um, I'm a 10 plus 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 on the susceptibility scale. Like if you go take the quiz, um, you know, you can get it at the Brightline Eating website or foodfreedomquiz.com. If you just look at those questions, there's five questions and you can answer um, from a one to a five. Like each of those questions, no question, I go to a five and I tick it. If there were a six, I would tick it. If there was a seven, I would tick it. Like the highest, most insane instantiation of that question that's possible is me. Like off the charts, just ridiculous. Um, and so for someone like me, kind of bright-ish, bright lines, <laughs> or maybe not bright line eating, but light line eating, like just not quite solid. Um, it doesn't quite cut it. Like for me, um, there's, a, there's an unmanageability that creeps into my life when my food's not surrendered. And the thing about surrender is that um, it's impossible to manufacture. Like you can't just sort of will your way into being surrendered. Surrender is a letting go. And um, for some reason for addicts, it's, it's so hard to let go. Maybe for all people, I don't know, because I'm an addict, maybe it's that way for everybody. For me, it's super hard. Um, I tend to get surrendered when um, I'm bloody and beaten. Um, and even then sometimes it doesn't come. Even then sometimes there's a part of me that's kind of clinging on to my plan, the shuck, the jive, the like, okay, how am I gonna get out of this? And you know, but I wanna keep exercise in this place and I wanna make sure that I can, you know, eat in restaurants this way and I don't wanna have, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like still rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, you know? Um, surrender is a completely different experience. And I came to it last week and I just wanna share a little bit about what happened. Um, David and I take our kids to California um, at, at Thanksgiving time. David and I are both from Northern California, his family in sort of the Monterey, Prunedale seaside area, my family up in the San Francisco Bay area. And um, so we fly out really early and we fly back really late. So we miss the really expensive um, plane tickets. Otherwise we couldn't get all five of us on an airplane. Uh, so we fly, we, we, we go for a full 10 days. We pull the kids out of school on either end of the holiday and we go for a full 10 days. And we've done this now, this is the fourth year in a row. And I shot a vlog right before Thanksgiving, you know, encouraging everybody to stick with their bright lines and, you know, um, you know, saying I hadn't broken my bright lines on Thanksgiving for 14 consecutive years, totally true. Um, and, and we flew out for Thanksgiving and, um, you know, a series of things. You know, one of the things about me is I have, um, I have this way of, of, of living, of loving, really, with my friends, with the people that are in my inner circle, the people that I give my heart to wholeheartedly. And um, it, it makes for a really deep, rich way of living. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and it also leaves me um, vulnerable. You know, when things go um, awry with those relationships, I get really affected sometimes. And um, so that happened with one of my dearest people. And I was, um, I was sitting in a lot of pain, just sitting in a lot of pain. And it was um, two or three days before Thanksgiving. And I was rocking and rolling with this pain. I was doing my best to, you know, process it and talk to other dear friends. And um, 
And the morning before Thanksgiving, Wednesday morning, um, I picked up the food. And there's always a premeditation before picking up the food. There's always a thought. It never is just an action. It's always a thought that precedes the action. And I had the thought and I just decided to sink in, just to sink into the anesthetization, just deep, profound anesthetization. And I picked up the food and I got numb. And then Thanksgiving came. I didn't have it in me on the road with the kids from the hotel room to rally and resume, so I didn't. And I ate through Thanksgiving. And then the next day came and I ate that day too. And then the next day came and we had another Thanksgiving with my family and I ate that day too. And then the next day was a baby shower and I ate that day too. And the next day was the travel home and I ate that day too. And it was six days of eating um, almost nothing but sugar and flour, just absolutely sinking. And um, I haven't done that in I can't even tell you how long. And For me, there's no joy in that food. Like, that food and I have burned through our relationship. There just isn't any, um, there just isn't any sparkle left, you know? Like, I wasn't, I wasn't eating that food to join in and celebrate. I was eating that food to be numb. And, and at some point I was eating that food because I didn't have a choice anymore. Like, the choice had been made and now, it was just a waiting game to see where was the window going to come when I could rally to stop it because it's, you know, eating begets more eating. Maybe you're someone who can relate to that. Eating begets more eating for me. So as we're flying back from California to Rochester, I know that I'm not going to keep eating when I get to Rochester. Like, I'm, I'm done. And um, what I also know is that I'm flying on this plane and um, I have got to do things different. And what I mean by that is there's this sort of journey of recovery where each one of us are like a part of a system. And in Brayline Eating, I've done my best to create a system. There's like this beautiful system here. The trouble is, and I've been, I've been kind of um, playing with this for the last couple years, trying to see what's what, because I didn't really know. The trouble is that, that the system doesn't really hold me the way it holds everybody else. And I'm not saying this out of self-pity. I, I know there's people whose hearts are gonna break to hear me say this, because I do lean into the Bright Lifers community a lot. And I do have a mastermind group that's amazing and all that, but really the structure of Brightline Eating because of the way it was created by me, you know, it's not a 12-step program. It's not like an everybody created equal program. I created it and I do this vlog thing and in some way, shape or form, I hold that structure. Like the people in Brightline Eating in one way, shape or form are either, you know, my clients, my employees, my followers, whatever. And I have this, um, this position in it that's not an equal position and there's extra responsibility that goes to that, responsibility to keep my bright lines, which I sometimes fall short on, and responsibility to hold the structure. And recovery is about having this structure and plugging into it, plugging into it, and then, and then traveling along and receiving support in three different ways. Support from people who've come before, who've been doing it longer, 
who can hold you and say, here's how you do it. Let me shine the light on the path. Just easy does it, girlfriend, and weigh and measure your food today. It's going to be fine. And then the other group is people who are on the path with you right there, you know, littermates, sometimes we call them, like people who came in around the same time, learning the same lessons, like right there with you. Like if you're in the boot camp, your boot camp housemates, you know, like those are your, your, your compadres, like right there on the path. And then after you get a little bit of recovery under your belt, there's the people who come in after you that you get to help, right? And in my experience, this journey works best when you're spending your time in just about equal thirds. People who are ahead of you on the path, who are your mentors, who are coaching you, who are showing you the path, people who are your compadres, your littermates right on the path, and then people that you're serving, people that you're helping, people that you're reaching out that hand to and saying, you can do it, here's how I did it, you'll be fine, <laughs> this works, it's great. And over the last two and a half years, three years. I've been spending 95% of my time in the third bucket, serving. And it's not a healthy ratio. It should be one-third, one-third, one-third. And I've been engaged on the outflow so much without really recharging from people who've been doing this longer. And of course, there's nobody who's been doing Brightline Eating. Brightline Eating's only existed for three years. But there are people in 12-step fellowships who've been doing similar things for 40 or 50 years. I believe Overeaters Anonymous started in January 1960, well before I was born. And I don't know if there's anybody who's been abstinent that long in OA. OA tends not to be super conducive to solid abstinence, but I know that there are people in, a, in other fellowships who've been abstinent for 45 years. Um, and I know lots of them who've been abstinent for 30 years. I mean, not a bite off their food plan for 30 years, not a baby carrot at three in the afternoon, nothing, nothing off their food plan for 30 years. I know these people and they've been my friends and I've lost touch with them. Um, I think in part because I wanted to just give myself to this Brightline eating thing. But the reality is that um, I need to plug in, like I need to plug in somewhere. So I texted one, I still have two or three friends from those old days that I've been in touch with and I texted one of them on the trip back to Rochester and I said, hey, can I commit my food to you tomorrow morning? They were like, sure, yeah, totally. And I've started to make some phone calls to some of my old friends who've been doing this for a long, long time. And, um, and they've been very gracious. You know, some of me, I've been um, a little afraid because, um, you know, I got a lot of hate mail when I started this Bright Line Eating thing. People from 12-step programs saying, how dare you take something, you know, that's available over here for free and then sell it, you know, for your own interests and, you know, whatever. That's one perspective on what I'm doing. And I have a, a nice saved response in my, you know, customer support queue where, you know, people who do Bright Line Eating customer support send out, like, the story of it. Like, I didn't come to this lightly. I talked with my sponsor. I talked with my sponsor's sponsor. There's a whole scientific literature that I'm adding here. 12-step programs don't touch the science with a 10-foot pole. They actually issue it a lot. Um, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a whole, you know, and I point out that Hazelden, you know, has been right there alongside AA. There's, you know, um, treatment facilities and all kinds of um, for-profit structures that support the recovery juggernaut that started in 1935 with Alcoholics Anonymous, right? So there's nothing like um, brand new that's happening here at Brightline Eating in terms of that. Like recovery has always had 
uh, ancillary structures that that support it, you know. And then there's this beautiful sort of um, for fun and for free twelve step enterprise, you know. And bright line eating is sort of equally derived from twelve step programs, from science, um, the psychology and neuroscience, and then and then also from this sort of um, mode of building a tribe online, the sort of, you know, online launches and internet, you know, tribe building stuff, you know, the, the Jeff Walker, Ryan Eliason, um, Sage Levine, Justin Livingston sort of, you know, stuff. Um, so there's like three um, founding ancestries, if you will, that go behind Bright Line Eating. So when I started Bright Line Eating um, and I broke away from the 12-step program that I had been in for so long, um, I kind of needed to just turtle myself, put a shell over myself, and just shield myself a little bit from whatever the scuttlebutt was that was going on there because it can be a pretty judgmental fellowship. And I, uh, I didn't really have time to hear it, to be honest. Like I was um, clear in my meditation that I was doing what I was meant to do to the best of my ability to understand that as much as any of us can, right? Um, and I just needed to kind of keep my head down and it was all I could do to just suck air and, and deliver on what it felt to me like the Bright Line Eating Movement needed. So I just did that, you know? And I guess I had strong enough recovery that I kind of coasted for a while. Um, but that ratio of like one third, one third, one third and shifting it all into the service realm and, and stopping getting sustenance from people who've been doing this before me, um, it's worn thin, like seriously worn thin. So there I am in California eating and there I am coming back to Rochester with a surrender that feels so deep and so sweet. And I want to share with you a little bit about what it feels like. Because I know it can't be manufactured, but I think it's helpful to know. Like, for me, it felt like being gutted and flattened. And out of options or ideas or like, out of plans, like, like, the, like I didn't really care anymore about anything except having a bright line day. Like I didn't care about anything except keeping my food so simple. And the, the shuck and jive that used to be in me to um, try to like game my food plan, like, oh, can I go out to eat and maybe eat a, you know, oilier vegetables here, bigger portions there, blah, 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 blah. like that was completely gone. I don't want to go out to eat. Like, I just want my scale. I want clean, simple food. Just, I wanted to protect my Bright Line Day. And I wanted to hear from people who have been doing this for a long, long time with no breaks, no deviations, just following the plan. And I just wanted somebody to tell me that everything's going to be okay if I just put my food on the scale and just get back to clean bright lines. So I've been doing that. And here's what I believe. I believe that the two and a half years that I've spent kind of playing the angles, honestly working this more as a diet than as a recovery program, um, grateful that 
I've been keeping my weight, you know, where it needs to be, where I feel comfortable in a right-sized body. Um, but taking the license of like, oh, look, I broke my bright lines, but now I'm on track. So I guess it was okay. Um, but one break begets the next, next break, begets the next break. Like this emotional pain that I was in in California, okay, yeah, it didn't feel good. But um, really, I've been through worse and not eaten. Like my twins were born weighing one pound, one pound six ounces, one pound seven ounces, and spent four months in neonatal intensive care. And I did not eat one addictive bite over any of that. David and I held tough, held close, and I did not eat. David left me in 2006, 2007. He walked out the door and I stayed alone for nine months. Not a date, not a nothing, just alone for nine months, praying, wondering if he was gonna come back. And nine months later, he did. Those nine months, I did not eat. I did not date and I did not eat. Like, I know that when I'm surrendered, there's nothing they can get me to eat off my bright lines, nothing. Like I have friends who were in New York City when 9-11 happened and they watched it happen from their windows and they got soot on their faces. And then they started to weigh and measure their lunch. So what else are you gonna do, right? Like, okay, we're weighing and measuring our food. Like there is nothing they can get me to eat sugar and flour or a bite off my food plan in any way when I'm surrendered. Really the crux of the issue is surrender or no surrender. And being surrendered feels so sweet. I kind of feel like a lot of things in my life have changed over the last few years. A lot of things have changed. Lots that you know about, lots that you don't know about. Just a lot of things have changed. Um, and I feel like I've been unmoored, like I've been floating kind of, you know, this whole, starting this whole Bright Line Eating thing has been very disorienting. Like I, I was a pretty steady gal actually before this, if you look at the record in terms of like, for example, my career trajectory, after I got clean and sober, it was a straight line. I did community college, I did UC Berkeley, I did my master's and my PhD at the University of Rochester, I did my postdoc, I got a professorship, I got a tenure track professorship, I got tenure. I stayed there like 20 years in academia, living on the academic calendar, fall classes start, winter break, spring break, you know, graduation ceremony, like 20 years of that. And all of a sudden, like I handed back tenure and started this bright line eating thing, working on my own from a laptop, from home, trying to figure out how to have employees. My little plant was just floating around. And I, I kid you not, a few days ago, as I'm on this plane back to Rochester, New York, my plant just dropped and it started growing a root. And the root consisted of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Simple, simple foods, weighed and measured according to the Brightline Eating Food Plan, which you can get in the book at the library. You just look it up and that's what it is. No different, an ounce of oats, eight ounces of yogurt, six ounces of blueberries, just weighing and measuring my food. Simple, simple, simple. But I can't do that alone. I have to plug in. And I, I so wanted, I, I do actually, I, if you are just sitting there with a food issue and or a weight issue, 
Like, I envy you being able to plug into the Brightline Eating System because it's miraculous. It's really brilliant. And I have to admit something. A couple months ago, a few months ago, I was feeling unmoored and my food was a little wonky and I signed up for the boot camp with an alias. I created a fake Facebook profile and I, I just wanted to plug in from the bottom to this beautiful system. I just wanted to plug in. And I didn't really follow through on doing the boot camp under this alias because I'm not a faker. <laughs> if you know anything about me, I'm just not a faker, right? I'll tell you straight. At the end of the day, I'll just tell you straight, right? At the beginning of the day, I'll tell you straight. In the middle of the day, I'll tell you straight. So I couldn't really get online and start posting because like, what am I, what, what am I gonna say? How, I, how could I be, I couldn't be in the online support community as somebody else. I'm not somebody else, I'm me, right? I'm not gonna go posting wondering, oh, are they gonna know that it's me? Yeah, couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. I wanted to though, I wanted to though. So I'm very, very grateful for my old, old friends who have um, graciously um, been there for me to support me so that I can start to get that ratio back of one-third, one-third, one-third. I do have people in Brightline Eating probably because they have um, long-term recovery in other programs from drugs and alcohol, for example, who feel like running mates, compadres, litter mates, like my mastermind mavens are totally that for me. And a few of my employees too, like really just people who just have a lot of recovery under their belt. But I need to go somewhere for, for the people who just have been doing this for a long, long time. For me, I honestly, for myself, I feel a huge responsibility to create an atmosphere within Brightline Eating where it's really okay to struggle. Like, the tendency with food addiction to isolate and hide the struggle, to conceal the struggle, to gift wrap it on the outside and put glitter in a bow and make it look perfect and then retreat and hide and procrastinate and eat is so intense that as much as I hate that my bright lines aren't perfect, I hate coming here and saying that I ate for six days, like over Thanksgiving for the first time in 15 years. As much as I hate saying that, I feel like what's more important than me having perfect bright lines is me creating space for what's real. Let's just let what is be. And that's what I was roiling against in all my emotional pain. I didn't want what is to just be. I was trying to manipulate it and make it different. But what is, is. And ultimately what is, is beautiful. So we create space for that here in Brightline Eating. But I also have to say that I personally am not good if my food's not really surrendered. Like for me, um, some boot campers and house leaders came up with some acronym, J-F-T-F-P, and they post it all the time, and it stands for just follow the plan. Just follow the freaking plan. Just follow the fabulous plan. Just follow the, it's an F-bomb, just follow the fucking plan. <laughs> and for me, like, that has to be my mantra because I'm a 10 plus 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 on the susceptibility scale. And it's so important to me to create space for people who find peace doing it in other varieties of ways. Cause you're the people who like 
the 12-step program that I came from, it won't serve you, you know? That program is only for this path, like whoosh, narrow. Bright line eating is roomy. It's all inclusive. Do what, do what gives you peace. And I have to remember that I'm going to be always tempted to be swayed by the people I see in Brightline Eating who are doing it a little different. I can't do it a little different. I so understand now the people who, when I recorded that vlog on fasting, were like, what are you doing? Like, that's not Brightline Eating. And what are you modeling for people? Stop it. And then other people were like, leave her alone. Like, she's just being her. And like, what a, <laughs> what a precious exchange, first of all. What a real exchange, and, and I so see both. Like, I see the people who are like, what are you doing? That's not Bright Line Eating. And from my vantage point now, I'm like, yeah, it's not. It's not. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Simple, weighed food. End of story. And I don't even think I've begun to mine the gems of what I've learned over the last two and a half years, just trying it a variety of ways. Oh my gosh, such, such, such helpful experience. And as a coach of people in Brightline Eating, long, long term, I am definitely going to be pulling from that experience for the rest of my life. But my honest, earnest entreaty of the universe is, one day at a time, let me stay surrendered. Let me stay surrendered. because surrender is so sweet. And after you finish this vlog, if you want to go listen to Sarah McLaughlin's song, Sweet Surrender, it would be a really nice way to cap off this message. <sighs> because surrender is indeed so sweet. And I'm well. I'm good. I'm fine. I hope you're well too. And I personally will be traversing the rest of these holidays. God willing and the creek don't rise one day at a time, with simple, surrendered food. Just weighing and measuring my food. Because honestly, if I do that, here's what I trust. And here's what the people who've been doing this longer than I have are telling me. Everything else will become clear. You have to figure anything else out right now. Everything else will become clear. Just weigh and measure your food today. End of story. End of story. So that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.